back to the Doggy Juice Pod, powered by Dimers.com. This is episode number 112, Thursday, February 4th, 2021. And I am coming to you live from good old Nashville, Tennessee, home to one of America's most unique sports betting markets where there are no casinos, but there are online sports betting operators as of November 1st of last year. I've touched on this in previous episodes, including last week's, where I gave an update on the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization, but Tennessee has a mandatory 10% hold percentage for sportsbook operators, which is going to be a very interesting thing to watch play out moving forward. Tennessee was the first state to also put in the rules that official league data must be used to settle certain wagers, which I've been saying since day one is a huge mistake and a terrible terrible precedent to set. I know Illinois followed suit uh, in their law as well, which I uh, was not a fan of, especially after hearing that the lawmakers literally um, took the advice or, or they followed Tennessee. They actually explicitly said that they were following Tennessee when deciding to put that into uh, or carve that into the Illinois legislation. But alas, it is what it is. But besides all of that, it's going to be a very exciting market to pay attention to here in Tennessee. And even if you're just passing through in your car, fear not, because you can register and bet from the, or on, on your phone, on the sports books, right from the comfort of your car seat. So no need to even get up and go anywhere. Just driving through the state and you're good to go. Just a quick disclaimer that the opinions expressed on this podcast are always my own and do not reflect the opinions of Play Up USA, Play Up Limited, or any of its subsidiaries. So there's a pretty big game on Sunday, isn't there? I don't know. What do you guys all have planned this Sunday? No idea. Super Bowl 55 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you should be heading to Dimers.com for everything you need when throwing money down on the Super Bowl, including data-driven predictions, picks, and probabilities, as well as player props and the best sportsbook offers and promo codes for the big game. Oh, yeah! The Kansas City Chiefs are consensus three-point favorites with a little extra vig. Some spots are at three and a half. And remember what I said in previous episodes about buying on and off a three being worth around 19 to 20 cents in a typical NFL game and with a typical total. And uh, The typical NFL total after this season definitely went up. I think we're flirting with the neighborhood of 50 points as your typical uh, NFL uh, uh, game total. And now with a consensus total of 56 in this game, which is with the going prices as I record this on Thursday evening, uh, you have to be aware that that's uh, not even worth what or buying on and off a of three is not even worth what it would be in a typical NFL game. So just be aware of that if you're looking to lay the three or take the three and a half with the or lay the three with the Chiefs and or take the three and a half with the Bucks. Gotta be aware of the relative value of buying on and off a of three because sometimes it is better to take the plus three with the Bucks instead of the plus three and a half, depending on how much vig you're laying. Uh, so that's always something to keep in mind because when you're buying points, you're doing just that and you're you're buying them and paying a price for them in the form of additional vig. As I discussed in last week's episode, I am sitting on a bucks forty to one and fifty to one tickets. Uh, futures bets that I put into pocket weeks before Brady signed with Tampa Bay, and the market completely moved on them and made them a public team uh, right after he signed. And on last week's episode, I discussed the concept of hedging and giving away EV and why hedging is almost always a bad decision, um, with the exception of you know life changing money, and that looks different for every single person. So there's no right or wrong answer there. In terms of, you know, if you're sitting with a ticket like I am, a futures ticket with a nice payday, uh, whether or not you hedge, it's a personal decision. And I went into that last week, so I'm not going to belabor the point right now because we have an interview to get to. Tonight I sat down with friend of the pod and fellow Dimers.com partner Matt Landis, who was kind enough to bring me on his podcast last week on his show. Not sure if any of you have heard that yet, but it's posted up on YouTube as well. And when we get into the interview, he's going to let you know where you can find that. But um, we went on last week and did a deep dive on Super Bowl betting, Super Bowl handicapping, and how to attack um, prop bets for the Super Bowl. And we also did in the second hour, so it's almost a two-hour show, but it's definitely worth your time when you get the chance. But the second hour, we touched on more macro concepts, offering our top five tips to uh, sports bettors, new and old, on how to put yourself in the best chance to win in the long run. So definitely worth checking out, and be sure to follow Matt's podcast, Props and Hops. So Matt and I sat down tonight to discuss our favorite Super Bowl props, namely Matt's favorite Super Bowl props, but he ended up liking 
a lot of the same ones that I'm that I'm on this year, and a lot of the same bets that I make every single year. So we do a little dive into our game handicap for the Super Bowl, and then Matt gives us five Super Bowl prop bets to play, and I know I personally agree with all five of those. And one of them he brought up I didn't even consider in the analysis. It's insanely good. And even if that bet loses, I will happily let the books take my money um, on that bet. So be sure to pay attention to that, and we can close out uh, the interview with those prop bets. But uh, without further ado, let's hop over to that. And at the ending of the podcast, I'll dish out my favorite Super Bowl prop plays. And of course, we're going to hear from the resident doggy juice pod degenerate, the Danimal, and the Sage, aka Better Call Paul, to hear who they're on this Sunday. So let's cut right to it. We got a big game ahead of us. Let's listen to that interview with Matt Landis. It's a pleasure to bring back on the pod my fellow podcast partner over at Dimers.com and host of the Props and Hops podcast, Matt Landis. How's it going, Matt? Mike, it's an honor to be back with you, especially for the Super Bowl episode. Um, I was prepared to speak to a bet with some juice on the dog since this is the doggy juice pod, <laughs> but those those juicy Tampa Bay plus three and a halves appear to be going away. So we'll just have to play it straight. Yeah, it's 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 actually getting more juicy if you're looking to play the plus three and a half because the lines come down a little. But now it's seeing some some plus threes out there, so you do have to lay a little more juice on the plus three and a half. So I guess in that regard, it is a a juicy dog on on Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think some of my square books are even moving toward a flat three. So those those plus three and a halfs are uh, they've been of interest for a bit, but the clock might be ticking. Right, and so anyone listening out there, you know, if you see the line move, if you're looking to bet Tampa Bay, it might be you could find a good three and a half with. Uh, with as little juice as possible might be the time to to lock that in. We're just to be clear with everyone, we're recording this on Thursday evening. So when by the time you hear this, the market could have moved on some of the stuff we're talking about. But yeah, we're just gonna quickly just break down our, our Super Bowl handicaps. And then I know Matt, you have a few prop bets that you're eyeing for Sunday. So we'll just share those and uh and get out pretty quickly. And and thanks again, really quick, just for having me on last week. We that was one of the most fun sports betting discussions I've ever had. Um, and I'm, I'm plugging this on the podcast itself. So uh, in order to avoid redundancy, I'll, I'll stop, I won't I'll avoid, you know, discussing all of the details of our chat, but that it was, we talked for, for nearly two hours about uh, everything from Super Bowl prop betting, Super Bowl betting to just general sports betting theory and each of our top five um, tips to sports bettors to win in the long term. So thanks again for bringing me on last week. That was such a fun time. And, and everyone out there should be listening to, uh, to props and hops if you are not already and check that talk that we had last week out on on youtube as well and where can they find that on youtube matt yeah so i have a youtube channel for props and hops and i also dropped a link into the show notes so that if anybody's listening on apple Podcasts or spotify wherever you get your podcast there will be a link directly to that if you want to see mike and i chat through this and mike you were so generous with your time i know that was a long conversation but right before we hopped on to record i thought it would be cool to let you know i actually got an instant message from my boss at work uh, saying he listened to that episode and he really liked your point about not betting parlays. He's done that quite a bit in the past. And he said just last weekend, he placed some Super Bowl bets and having just listened to you, no parlays in his Super Bowl portfolio. And uh, that might be a first time experience for him. And it might also be his best Super Bowl portfolio yet. Oh, nice. Yeah. As, as we know, in almost all circumstances, parlays are negative VV propositions. So it's that's good to hear that he's he's not doing that. Of course, if there ever is a game, we are going to throw some some pizza money down to use the old David Malinsky term. Uh, maybe it is a parlay on the Super Bowl. So definitely couldn't fault anyone for throwing some pizza money down on, on a parlay on, on Super Bowl 55. But no, that's that's good to know that at least one person was able to take uh, the advice that we gave on that episode and take it to heart and, and put it right into play. Uh, actionable advice, I guess, so to speak, on their end. So that's really good to hear. So... Really quickly, before we discuss our game handicaps and go over that really fast, what what are your plans for the Super Bowl this Sunday? And and I guess like just along the lines of enjoying the Super Bowl, because as we know, this is you know a, a big event, a cultural event every every year, and everyone everyone and their uncle sits down and watches. And maybe some people have their eyes more on the Puppy Bowl instead of the actual Super Bowl. But everyone's uh, day is, or most people's days, are surrounded. Or revolves around the Super Bowl this Sunday, and a lot of that involves food and and drinks and beers. And obviously, you're the the most knowledgeable beer guy I know, and you are very uh, very knowledgeable about about everything beer when it when it comes to that. And, and I just want to know what your 
favorite Super Bowl tradition? If you have any Super Bowl traditions in terms of like your favorite appetizer dish and or any beers that you're looking to drink this Sunday in particular or any that have been in the rotation every Super Bowl for you? Sure. So don't have any really fixed Super Bowl traditions. Um, the plans are going to look a little bit different this year without big gatherings being an option, but definitely still looking forward to a very promising matchup when it comes to the game itself. And I do think that calls for celebrating with some good food, some good drinks. And when it comes to a favorite dish or favorite appetizers, I'm reminded of your saying when people ask, who do you like? Your response is, what's your number? And when you ask, what's my favorite dish or Super Bowl appetizer, I would have to ask, well, what beer are we drinking with it? So to that end, uh, when it comes to beer, uh, definitely do have a couple set aside for this Sunday. I know we've been grinding for edges all season long. And Super Sunday is an ideal day to just cut loose and have some fun. So the first one I'm looking forward to is an IPA called Foggier Window. It's actually a double dry hopped hazy double IPA made by one of my favorite breweries, Monkish in Torrance, California. And it clocks in at 8.1% ABV. So this is a big beer and it can hold its own with a pretty big dish. Um, to that end, I'm going to go with Deep Dish, trying Lou Malnati's pizza for the first time, thanks to a very generous friend of mine from Chicago. Uh, <laughs> wink, wink. So that's going to be an incredible experience. And Foggier Window going with Lou Malnati's should, should just really make it a case of the whole being greater than the sum of its parts because Foggier Window is double dry hopped with Citra, Galaxy, and Nelson hops, about as citrusy and tropical as can be. The pineapple really stands out. And the mouthfeel, nice and creamy, smooth with no hint of that 8.1% ABV. So this is a top-tier IPA from an IPA powerhouse. I think it's worthy of the occasion for the Super Bowl and worthy of the occasion for trying Lou Malnati's for the first time. So oh. that's going to be a great way to kick things off. And then uh, one more That's I have perfect. set aside for the game would be moving from the hoppy to the sour side of things, a beer called Saison Bernice. This is a farmhouse ale by Sante Adarius Rustic Ales up the West Coast here in Capitola, California. Checks in at a bit lighter, 6.5% ABV. And Saison Bernice is fruity and tart, so I think it makes for a nice dessert beer. I actually have a friend with a small local baking business here in LA called Late Bloomer, and he specializes mm -hmm. in cakes and cookies. So I'm going to be enjoying Saison Bernice with some really nice baked goods, and it should be a match made in heaven. This is a complex yet casually crushable beer at the same time. It can be about as nuanced or simple as you want for the drinking experience. Notes of stone fruit, lemon, also a little floral and earthy, tart with an oaky dry finish. I think I'm done with the nerdy, the nerdy beer terms at this point. Um, <laughs> but overall, the brewery on the bottle, say Zon Bernice, um, you know, in the words of Sante Adarius, is simple but graceful, and the beer we'd pour for you ourselves if given the chance. So I'll oh. be jumping at the chance to enjoy that on Super Sunday. Again, I think it's a perfect occasion to break out special bottles if you've got a seller. That sounds terrific. Oh my gosh, you have it all figured out. So I'm hoping that you're going to do the first half on the deep dish because you know that cheese, like, tends to harden in your stomach a little bit, makes you full. If you remember, I don't know if you're familiar with those old man vs. food episodes, but you got to eat that fast if you're looking to take down a lot of it. But hopefully you'll have enough room in the stomach by the time the second half rolls around after the halftime show to to enjoy that dessert and that, that Saison pairing. But I'm, I think I'm more looking forward to your review of Lou Malnati's because it's your first time eating it. I'm looking forward to that almost more than seeing the result of the game itself. But uh, So we have a lot to look forward to on Sunday. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, thank goodness for the extended halftime. To your point, that might be the extended break needed to transition from an IPA paired with Lou Malnati's to a nice tart saison with some nice baked goods. So uh, definitely going to be a fun, possibly four plus hours from the time the game kicks <laughs> off to the time it's over. And with good beer and good food, hopefully a good game as well. No complaints. Yeah, that sounds perfect. So you've got that figured out. Now let's try and figure out our game handicap or at least share it with everybody. And I know that, you know, Sunday, it's going to be a long one, and and it's going to be an exciting one. I think we are going to get that exciting game that you just mentioned, and and obviously the the point spread is reflecting that right now because the Chiefs are laying three consensus three with a little extra vig. As, as we said, you want to shop around for the best price, but uh, three and a half was the going rate uh, earlier in the week. It's it's moved more in in the Bucks' favor as the week has progressed. The total at 56 and I'm seeing some spots start to pop at 55 and a half as we record this right now. But yeah, just really quickly, I'm interested to hear your, your game handicap um, for this one, maybe how you see it playing out and, and do you make the number on, on the point spread or, or the total uh, close to what the market's currently offering? Or are you seeing any, any value on the side or total? 
Yeah, you know, I feel like, uh, especially as I've progressed as a better over the past few years, I've noticed that if the second conference championship game isn't competitive, then the side and total are pretty much hammered out before the Super Bowl matchup is even made official. I think Mm -hmm. when Sean McDermott was still kicking absolutely pointless field goals in Kansas City, (laughs) this line was pretty much hammered into place. So I don't have a whole lot to add to the handicap that betters and big sports fans probably haven't heard ad nauseum over the past couple weeks already. But what I will say is that with this being a rematch from the Week 12 game, Chiefs at Tampa Bay, uh, we saw the closing point spread in total almost exactly where these Super Bowl numbers are right now. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Not a lot has changed for these teams. That Week 12 matchup was pretty recent. But I do think there have been a few recent changes that could favor the Bucks. First and foremost, a big talking point, the Bucks' late season bye in Week 13. That was the last window any team got for its bye week. And the Bucks really seemed to use it well. Their offense especially seems to have improved since then. A lot of talk about... Brady in his first year with a new team, a new scheme, really using that bye week to get on the same page and improve chemistry uh, coming down the home stretch of the regular season and now into the playoffs. And on the other side of the ball, I think there's a slight chance that we see injuries as a factor for the Chiefs offense. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes nursing turf toe. He did look better than I expected against the Bills, but turf toe doesn't magically heal in a few weeks. That seemed to be one that lingers. So even if there's a slight aggravation early in the game, that might be a factor to watch for. And also, of course, the Chiefs' offensive line now without both starting tackles. Between the Bucks' late bye and those Chiefs' injuries, I don't expect any one of those factors to really be significant by itself. But cumulatively, that could amount to something. So I made plus 3.5 at the flat minus 110 a go price for Tampa Bay. Uh, like you said, we might not see that between now and kickoff. It, it hardly ever flashed at the sportsbooks where it did maybe touch that number. So otherwise, all about the props at this point. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we're going to jump into a few of those props right now. But before we do, I just want to hear your point of view on this because it's been discussed a bit during the week. And obviously, as we know, this game's taking place in Tampa Bay, which is interesting because the Bucks haven't played. They didn't play a home game the entire playoffs. And of course, they go to the Super Bowl and they get to play in their home stadium. And and uh, there's some interesting, you know, I guess, opinions on how you would value home field, especially given this year and COVID-19 and uh, this past season and and the diminished value of home field advantage as a whole, even before COVID-19 started. But it looks like there's going to be plenty of fans in this stadium. I was hearing hearing earlier today, even upwards of 25,000 people right now. And and there's that familiarity with as well and potential for, for some, uh, some weather in the morning too that could end up impacting uh, the field, the playing conditions. Uh, I know that that's subject to change, of course, the weather forecast. But as we get closer to Sunday, that uh, – it's going to be more solidified or at least with more certainty. But I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on home field in this game, how you're valuing, valuing it yourself, and if you think that potentially the market is is undervaluing this. Yeah, that's a really tricky one to quantify. I've heard people whose opinions I respect say anything from negligible to upwards of a point, point and a half for home field. And I think I fall somewhere in between. I understand, to your point, home field had already plummeted um, prior to the COVID year. And then with COVID limited crowds, that has an even greater impact. Also being mindful that the Chiefs were here, um, what, a couple months ago. So it's not too unfamiliar for them. That said, I do think there's something to be said for the Bucks not having to travel, waking up in their own beds on game day, um, little things like the sight lines with the stadium. Um, when I had the thrill of a lifetime to work with David Malinsky. He would often refer to it less as the home field advantage, but more as the road team disadvantage. Mm -hmm. And I think those little things um, add up to enough that I'm not ready to write it off as making zero difference. I would make it somewhere in the range of half a point before the conference title games kicked off. I had gone through the exercise of setting my own look ahead line for each of the four possible matchups. And in doing so, I overlooked the fact that a Bucks win would have them playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium. And then once they did beat the Packers, I, I just went ahead and, and gave the Bucks an extra half point against either possible AFC opponent, knowing that, yeah, it's not the typical home field advantage year. And especially, you know, go figure the first year ever that a Super Bowl is played in someone's home stadium. It's the COVID year with a limited crowd. <laughs> right. um, but that said, I'm not ready to make it nothing. So I'd, I'd probably pin it somewhere in the range of half a point. Yeah, and I... I'm toying with that as well myself because it's obviously a lot of this is, is art more than it is science, but you know, just to, if, if it is a point and then you're looking at a situation where the chiefs, you know, the market's essentially saying that 
that the Chiefs are four or four and a half points better than the Bucks. And then and then if this game was played in front of in front of fans this year, would the Chiefs really be favored by a touchdown over this Bucks team? It's that's right, the good exercise to do mentally, at least to just come to the conclusion that I think the Bucks are the value side here as well. So I agree with you that it's it's if I was betting the, the side here, it would be Bucks or pass. And I agree with you. I, I think at three there's not quite enough value to get into play. We really need three and a half at minus one ten to, to for for a standard unit play on on the Bucks in this game. But I just I think that's an interesting notion. You know, with a typical home field of three in a non-COVID year, this Chiefs team would I couldn't see them being rightly favored by a whole touchdown against the Bucks. But that's just my opinion. But let, let's let's move on to these props because I know uh, you have a few to share with us here before we go and. And you have become the king this year. It's it's become the I think the official like props and hops prop, I guess so to speak, to the point where I've heard multiple people come to me and say that they've they've been uh, introduced to this prop through your podcast, and it's become a part of their uh, weekly betting, uh, at least where, where they're looking to to bet in some of these games, especially with higher totals. Um, and I, I, I have a feeling this might be one of the props you might share, but that's the props and hops official prop. And that's the under the, the longest touchdown under one and a half yards, uh, going under on that. It's obviously depending on the price being offered, but, uh, am I right to assume that that's one of your favorite props for this Super Bowl, or, or am I not? Yeah, that would be at the top <laughs> of my list. Um, if I could play longest touchdown under one and a half, I definitely wouldn't do that. But sorry. the, the shortest, shortest under sorry. One yeah. has been bread and butter this season. Yeah, <laughs> if I heard that correctly, um, yeah, yeah the, the one yard touchdowns have been uh, more common than people might think at face value. And a quick primer on that: to your point, you touched on with high totals. You know, more points generally is indicative of more touchdowns. And if we see more touchdowns, that's good for the probability of seeing some one yard touchdowns. The books do know this. But I think as as much as we saw totals become an efficient market after a bunch of overs early in the season, they've been slower to properly adjust this prop when we work our way down the betting menu. And just last week, this was widely available at minus 145. Now I I think the consensus is a lot closer to minus 170. And I do still see a smidge of value. I've made my buy price minus 165 when looking at this matchup. The Chiefs, Mm -hmm. They would seemingly be a really sexy team for this prop because of how many points they score. Uh, excuse me, because of how many points they score, and they have a really explosive offense. But for the sake of this prop, I wish they were a little bit more efficient in short yardage mm-hmm. situations. Um, they've had their struggles at the one or and you know first first and goal, second and goal, those kind of goal to go situations this year. That said. Their scoring output makes them a viable candidate for a bet like this. And really, from a matchup standpoint, I like Tampa Bay. Tom Brady is the master of the quarterback sneak. If they need a yard, he's a great candidate to get it. Mm -hmm. And then with their strong offensive line, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones could have some lanes to pound it in from the one. It also helps the Bucs to have some good pass catchers, so they don't have to be one-dimensional in a short field with guys like Mike Evans, Gronk, Cameron Brait. And, of course, going up against a largely accommodating Chiefs defense doesn't hurt matters. So, yeah, at, at minus 175 or better, and hopefully if you have multiple books, you can find a decent bit better, I would put this at or near the top of the list for prop shopping for Super Sunday. Yeah, that's that's become your your bread and butter this season. And and I agree. I mean, the big playability of both of these teams, as we know, Bruce Arians loves to, those, to air it out, and I don't even have to really explain Patrick Mahomes to anybody. But I, I agree with your point there about the Chiefs, a little bit of trepidation there, just given their difficulties in those short yardage situations especially in this matchup against a Tampa Bay uh, Bucks defense that is number one in rush defense in DVOA this season so you know it's hard to put much faith in them pounding it in from the one once they get there but just the ability to to have a few plays from the one yard line I mean all it takes is a penalty that's thrown on a deep ball in the end zone a lot of different ways to get there and get that first and goal from the one or uh, set up so so that prop can cash and obviously you know more touchdowns scored in a, in a game with a higher total than the NFL average so uh, that's become your bread and butter so that's something that I'm for sure going to be adding I, I'm pretty mad at myself for not getting a hold of one of those minus 145s that you mentioned uh, but I guess that you know early bird gets the worm on those but uh, that that's a great one what do you have um, what, what other props do you have for us on Sunday yeah, um, I, I have another one that I'm really liking right now. And one point to tie a bow around the shortest touchdown prop under one and a half yards. Um, to your point, having a little bit of trepidation with the Chiefs matchup if they need to pound it in from the one. Um, of course, they do have good pass catching options. They do have Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, I, I did get burned on the Chiefs a few times early in the season, and maybe it's overreacting to a small sample size because the last couple of weeks the Chiefs have been the team to score from the one. Um, but I've kind of capped it, barring an exceptional number, um, making this a standard one-unit play. And mm-hmm. better matchups, I, I might bump that up to a 1.2-unit play. But even with a total this high in a game like this, uh, I will keep it at that standard one unit. And if it's, you know, if it's minus 175, then probably looking something more like eight-tenths of a unit. So mm-hmm. I love the bet, but in any one-game sample size, anything can happen. So maybe a, a good theme to keep in mind for all these props is uh, keeping the wager amount in check so that no one outcome could be your undoing. Sure. And that's like one of the big concepts we talked about uh, your podcast last week was just, you know, it's just one other game. This this game this Sunday, while it's going to be the most watched game of the entire year, the money prints the same and the money prints the same, whether or not you're betting on the Super Bowl, if you're betting on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, small conference college basketball game. It's always, always a good thing to remind people and, and always not to overextend uh, your prop betting just based off one single game handicap. Those are both concepts that we talked about on, on your show last week, but no, that's terrific. And so what, what do you got for us uh, for prop number two then? Yeah, let's go with the second half to outscore the first half. And on this one, mm-hmm. make sure you read the fine print because some books offer lists on a three-way line, which eliminates the possibility of a push. Um, other books might say overtime does or doesn't count toward that second half total. So I would say if you can find a book that has the possibility of a push and counts overtime for the second half, that's probably worth about 10 cents more than a book that gives it to you on a three-way line where you can't push. And if the game were to go to overtime, you're cut off at the end of the fourth quarter. But that said, I, I'm still amazed that this prop gets priced where it does year after year. Um, I make my buy price with a three-way line with no overtime counting toward the second half, good up to minus 135. So if you can get a good two-way line that will give you overtime if that comes into play, I'd play it up to minus 145. And this line's been all over the place. Another good theme for talking props is uh, more than ever, shop around. I'm seeing it as low as minus 115, as high as minus 170. Um, wow. You know, at minus 115, that's a candidate for the biggest prop bet of the game. At minus 170, it's a pass altogether. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the general handicapping thoughts here is that Super Bowls are notorious for starting out slow, and whether that's players' nerves. I know Brady specifically has a track record of low to no scoring in the first quarter that would bode well for a prop like this a lot of times coaches might be hesitant to get too aggressive early the saying you can't win a game early but you can lose it early Mm -hmm. so for whatever reason i think there's a lot of logic to the notion that the second half could get higher scoring is you know the game may start out slow and teams are feeling each other out then all hell tends to break loose later on in super bowls um and and that handicapping angle uh paired with more importantly to me the number where this is being priced gives it some good value um that said because the line's all over the place if you're only seeing it you know north of minus 145 i would suggest an alternative that gets at the same concept looking at the first half to go under i would say that's okay to 27 and a half at minus 115 or better so mm-hmm. a lot of ways to get in play here if the first half is lower scoring and you just take the under there that's also kind of a proxy to get in play on this bet um, but otherwise we've just seen it time after time the second half just tends to be a much more open and fluid game state than what we've seen in a lot of first halves, specifically in first quarters. That's perfect. I mean, no, I, I agree with that. That's one. I, I think I even talked about this very concept on this podcast last year. And even, you know, I, I tend to look this way in, in, in the college football national championship as well, just playing that angle. It didn't work out this year, of course, but um, with that Alabama, obviously just scoring so, so much in the first half, but um, no, I, I think that getting into that handicap is, is a great angle and, and you hear people talk about it more and more, but you always have to wonder, is the market already factoring in or if it is not? And and I tend to think it still hasn't quite caught up in Super Bowls where there is that conservatism early on and the coaches are are less likely to call that home run play. And even a guy like Andy Reid, I mean, there's these teams, have, it's a Super Bowl. They all know this is the biggest stage of their lives. And, and even professional athletes like this, you know, they might just be a little more likely to hold back, don't want to be the guy that makes that early mistake and, and becomes the scapegoat and and so and so forth so i love that angle as well and and that's always that's also a part of my portfolio so i'm glad to hear that you're that you're on that one as well um just closing up here because i know we're a bit pressed for time but uh how many more props do you have for us i mean if if you just want to share one more or it's it's completely up to you yeah thank you i mean i i could talk about this for longer than most people would care to hear about it so i'll (laughs) I'll try to be concise but i am happy to talk about three more um two that do require laying some vig but i do still see some value and then 
I think one fun bet with a nice plus payout. Um, and at the same time, I, I do see some value there. So if you're good to talk three more, then that yeah. totally works. Oh, oh yeah. If you just want to rail, reel them off, go ahead. Cool. All right. Uh, let's go with penalties under. Again, it depends on the line you can get. I'm seeing anywhere from under 10.5 at minus 105, which is a fantastic price, to under 10 at minus 125. So you're losing half a penalty, um, and you're also paying a little more VIG with that later number. I still think that's a good floor for the buy price. Consensus seems to be under 10.5 with extra VIG, about minus 125. And the handicap here is that obviously the Super Bowl is the NFL's showcase event. And the league wants the players to decide the outcome in big games, not the refs. And I think as an example, on a, on a really big stage, but not even quite the Super Bowl stage, if we look at the conference championship games a couple weeks ago, there were no penalties called in the first quarter of either game. In fact, at Lambeau, the first flag wasn't thrown until the middle of the third quarter. And in both games combined, we saw 13 penalties. So not worth reading too much into a small sample size, but I think it supports the concept that in these bigger games, Everybody really wants the players to decide the outcome. We don't want to see flags flying all over the field. Of course, if, if a team has, you know, if it's a, a Chargers-esque special teams play with 14 <laughs> guys on the field, the refs are going to have to throw the flag. Um, if there's a blatant false start, they're going to have to call it. But when it comes to things like holding, roughing the passer, pass interference, I think we're less likely to see those types of bets. Um, one point, though, to uh, again, kind of like the shortest touchdown prop, keeping the wager amount in check. The ref for this game, Carl Sheffers, I did some research. He called about one penalty more per game than the league average. So while I like this bet, I like it even more in years where we get a a generally more lenient ref in the first place. So um, I think this does have value, but anything can happen in one game. So um, let's have some fun with it and also not bite off more than we could possibly chew if we do see flags flying all over the field. Right. No, that's perfect. And I think I I saw FanDuel sitting at under 11 and a half minus 140 a bit more vig there but you get 11 as a win number as well so um, that could be an interesting look yeah uh, absolutely so yeah what, what else you got i think you, had, you said you have two more of them yeah one more that uh i don't know when this will air in your show you may have already spoken about it or i may be stealing your thunder so i'll keep it quick but yes to a team to score three straight times another yep. one to shop the lines on I'm seeing this anywhere from minus 200 to minus 250. Have you had a chance to look into this one much yet? I have not as, as we're speaking right now, but yeah, that's, that sounds like it's in the right range. Yeah. Uh, similar to the one yard touchdown prop. I, I think this happens a lot more than people might think. And even in games with a close line, like the Super Bowl is projected to be, or with a high total where it might sound like the defenses will have a hard time making enough stops to get this home. This just statistically, if you look at enough games, it's a very common thing to see, even close and high-scoring games, having teams score at least three straight times at some point. And one subtle factor that I really like about this bet is there's a possibility for the team receiving the second-half kickoff to double up. So if they score at the end of the first half and then they start the second half with the ball, this prop, a right. team scoring three straight times, doesn't necessarily require the defense making multiple stops in a row. It's possible to get this home by only having the offense come off the field one time so in a game like this, um, I, I don't know which team it would be, and I, I don't care, frankly, as long as we see it. And I think we will. Um, I make it a go definitely at minus 200 and, and possibly a bit north of that. Perfect. Yeah, I'll definitely be on that one, too. That's one I'm usually not the biggest rush to bet until closer to post, just because I think the public usually likes to come in. They see that plus price on the no, and they think, oh, these two teams score so much, so it's going to be easy for one of them to, you know, to to – or for, it's gonna be difficult for one of them to reel off three in a row and it's just kind of against fundamental human nature but the public tends to be gravitated towards that that big plus price there so you got what oh yeah i don't know if you have any follow-up on that one sorry if i was gonna interrupt oh yeah no problem I, I was going to say i think you brought up a really good point about timing your market entry a lot of super bowl props if there are overs or bets that we could just bank on being popular it's good to get down early and to your point for something like this if there's vig of minus 200 or so then chances are the public's going to want to go the other way for the plus payout. They prefer to risk a little to win a lot. So this is definitely one that there's no rush. If if you're seeing, even if you are seeing it at minus, you know, 200 now, chances are it could go down a decent bit between now and kickoff. So this is a good one to look at probably Saturday evening or, or even into Sunday, just a bit before kickoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, so let's close it out with your your final one. I think you said this one's going to require laying a bit more VIG too, but as we all know, Doggy Juice Pod listeners, just because you're laying more VIG does not mean you're getting great value in your bet. 
yeah, in general, one one high level concept I would say to most Super Bowl bets is one in doubt, lay the vig. But this is actually one that I like to play most seasons that has a positive payout. And I do still see some value on it, not just playing it for that big plus payout. Um, And that prop is the first kickoff not to be a touchback. So this is also a fun one because we don't have to wait four hours for the outcome. In fact, before the first snap of the game, we're going to have this graded. And breaking this down a little bit, I looked at season-long touchback numbers for both teams. The Bucs were a little north of 80% of their kickoffs being touchbacks. The Chiefs came in at 75%. So that would imply that the first kickoff most likely would be a touchback. However, I also looked at Super Bowl history and specifically since 2016 when the new touchback rule went into place that brought kickoff touchbacks out to the 25-yard line. Small sample size, but three out of four Super Bowl opening kickoffs have not been a touchback. In fact, last year, the Chiefs received the opening kickoff against the 49ers, and Nicole Hardman returned it from three yards deep in his own end zone. And to get a bigger sample size on the unique Super Bowl stage, if we look back at the last decade, eight out of the last 10 opening kickoffs in the Super Bowl have not gone for a touchback, and six of those went into the end zone, and four were brought out. So... While the season-long stats suggest that we have a likelihood of about 80% to see this opening kickoff go as a touchback, Super Bowl history would suggest there's about an 80% chance of the opening kickoff not being a touchback. Um, I do see some underlying logic behind these Super Bowl numbers specifically. Again, even though it is a small sample size and we can always be wary of that as betters, I think that from the standpoint of whichever team is kicking off, teams are going for any edge they can find, especially in a game of this magnitude. And I think that elevates the focus on something like field position with teams being less likely to mindlessly blast the opening kickoff out the back of the end zone if they can try to pin the receiving team deep in its own territory. And on the flip side, the return team is going to be amped up beyond belief to start the Super Bowl. So I think that's why we see so many times guys who might in a week eight game take a knee four or five yards deep in the end zone running those kicks out when the Super Bowl is getting underway. So on this bet, talking price point, I'm seeing it at plus 275, and that would imply a 73% chance that the opening kickoff does go for a touchback. I make it closer to 50-50, so not a huge surprise if it loses, but given that payout, I do see quite a bit of value there. And one more subtle edge with this prop, I think the Bucks are more likely to get the first possession. The last two times yes. Tampa Bay won the coin toss came in weeks 16 and 17, Arians took the ball, and they scored opening drive touchdowns, so they got rewarded for making that decision. Meanwhile, if the Chiefs win the toss, they're almost sure to defer. So with the Chiefs being the more likely team to kick off to start the game, and knowing that on a season-long basis, their kickoffs went for touchbacks about 10 percentage points less often than the Bucs, that's just one more edge that gets me eager to play this at, at a payout in the range of plus 275. That is tremendous. And yeah, so definitely not laying it there. I teed you up wrong, but uh, no, that's, that's a nice plus price. And uh, for something that you, you're pricing closer to 50, 50, I mean, even if it's something that's, you know, you're, you're expecting to lose more often than it wins at that price plus 275, that's going to be one of the best bets in your portfolio on Sunday. And especially after the way you just described that, I think there's going to be a lot of listeners that tell you on that one. And I will be one of them. Yeah, I hope it's one of the best bets. I think from a process standpoint, I can justify it. But from a result standpoint, we'll certainly know before the first snap of the game even happens. <laughs> right. And that's, and as you said, it's just one game. Just because you made that bet and you lost does not mean it was it was a bad bet. So although some will say it is result-based thinking, which we're, we're, we're all about the process here at the Doggy Juice Pod. And I'm, I know you're the same at uh, the Props and Hops podcast. So you want to close out just by really quickly uh, just plugging the Props and Hops where everyone can find it and and uh, then we could be sure yeah so so with props and hops i focus on taking the best insights i can find from the most handicap the most prominent handicappers on the best gambling podcasts and really try to distill that down to actionable takeaways plus some original analysis and also weave in some beer and insight into other walks of life in each episode um i know you mentioned david malinsky a lot on this show so i i note this because i like to end every show with a quote that inspires dave's legacy um, so in a nutshell, I look at the show as part spark notes for sports bettors and part beer and betting with soul, if you will. Um, I think it's, it's great if you're an amateur better, but want to learn how to think more like a pro. 
Um, Mike, you came on and definitely helped people along those lines in our two-part conversation last week. So I'm dropping new episodes of Props and Hops weekly, and it's going to be a year-round show. But with the football offseason, there's going to be more focus on uh, the betting and beer lifestyle side of things, some more evergreen content, a lot like our conversation last week on how to win at sports betting. Um, That said, betting on specific events will remain a core focus, especially with March Madness and the NFL draft right around the corner. So you can find Props and Hops wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also follow me on Twitter at MLandis18 if you have any interest in connecting and keeping the conversation going. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast again. And I'm sure it won't be uh, a long time before I ask you to come back on and share your wisdom with everybody here. Really appreciate you coming on and good luck with your action this Sunday too. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, happy Super Sunday to everybody out there. Uh, Best of luck and whatever happens, let's have some fun. All right. You heard it from him. Take care, Matt. All right. See you, Mike. Bye. Thank you very much to Matt for coming on. That was terrific. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at MLandis18, like he just told you, and also follow the Props and Hops podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and of course at the official home of both the Doggy Juice Pod and Props and Hops, Dimers.com. Before I close out the pod with the official Doggy Juice Pod Super Bowl best bets, let's hear who our pals, the Danimal and the Sager on this Sunday. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, the Danimal, checking in from the car, last-minute picks to the Doggy Juice. I forgot. Wife asked if I'm making any Super Bowl bets. Duh. Here they are. Don't have my pen and paper with me, but off the top of the brain, Chiefs, minus three. Yep, I know, square, whatever. Lock it up. Also, Chiefs, alt line, minus seven and a half. I think gets you plus 180, plus 190. I like that. Um, I think the Chiefs went by two touchdowns, to be honest. If not, they lose a nail biter. But anyways, Chiefs going away. Also, some props. Tyreek Hill. Scotty Miller thinks he's faster. Not a chance. Tyreek Hill over receiving yards, 90-ish, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Over longest catch, 27, 28. I don't know. I don't care. It's a lock. Last Mahomes, over yards completion, longest completion. I think it's 40, 39. It doesn't matter. You're going to tell me they don't have a 40-yard pass in this game. Andy Reid is going to have multiple plays. Tyreek Hill, long touchdown. Wrap it up. Super Bowl. Goodbye, everybody. Great season. Danimal out. Hey everybody, it's AJ, a.k.a. Better Call Paul. Hopefully everyone's having a great weekend. We are almost to the weekend for the big game. Um, very excited to watch this game. I think it's going to be a very good game between the two teams. Uh, anyone that knows me that has been following me for the last couple of weeks knows that I have been on the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, and you know what they say, why change a good thing? So um, I'm hoping that it gets to about three and a half, but uh, like the plus three as well as the money line. I truly think that the Bucks um, have what it takes. I think it's going to be a great game, as I said, overall. I think it's going to be a little slower pace than most people think um, with the under most likely coming in. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm staying more towards the side. I, I really do like the Bucks in this spot. Um, as far as props, I think the funniest one I saw was Todd Furman the other day had a bet for uh, Ronald Jones for zero catches, yes or no. Um, and it was truly hilarious that if you've ever seen him try to catch a pass, it is like watching the little kid from Little Giants trying to catch a pass. He has... Not good hands, and that's an understatement to say that. But uh, as far as props, I do like Travis Kelsey this weekend, Um, whether that's receptions, and I know it varies from different site to site. I truly think he's going to be a big part of the game. Um, With Tyreek Hill having that successful game in the first matchup, truly think that uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be a big target. Uh, As far as MVP long shots, Definitely like the Honey Badger. Uh, recently saw it at around plus 4,000. I would look for him to make a big play, either an INT, interception. Um, as far as maybe on the the Buck side, do you like the JPP? I think it was at plus 3,500. Um, he could definitely set the tone with the tackles being out for the Chiefs. But uh, I'm going to be some more focused on the game. Maybe a few props, nothing on the water or the Gatorade, uh, the national anthem. That stuff's always fun. I love watching it. I just don't like to bet it. But I hope everyone has a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. 
All right, thank you very much to the Danimal and the Sage. Going head-to-head this week again, with the Danimal looking the Chief's way and the Sage looking the way of the underdog. I love it. Let's finish up the pod with the official Doggy Juice Podcast Super Bowl 55 Best Bets. So as I discussed on last week's episode, my numbers make the Chiefs just a tick over two points better than the Bucks at this point in the season, but that's not including the notion of home field advantage that I discussed with Matt Landis earlier in the podcast. So from that standpoint, I do show value on the Bucks, even if you're going to give them half a point for home field, and it is enough to warrant a wager at the current market price on the Buccaneers, and I did lock in some Bucks at plus three and a half myself earlier in the week at minus 115 for just a smaller position. I would, like I said with Matt, I really need to see plus three and a half minus 110 to get involved with something more serious, but of course, I'm also sitting on those preseason bucks, 40 to one and 50 to one Super Bowl tickets. So, from my end, to circle back what I was from what I was saying at the start of the podcast, there's going to be no hedge for me this week. The Bucks are a great standalone bet on their own, or a very good one at that. And I am limiting my investment, uh, and I will simply just be rooting the Bucks home on Sunday. Although I will definitely be looking to get involved in game live with in game wagering and. That's something you should definitely be paying attention to as well, and be sure to shop around for the best price when you're doing so. In terms of the total, my numbers make it 54.8, so there is not enough there to warrant a bet on the under, but I do agree with Matt Landis's handicap on the first half under, and we'll have some under 27.5 in pocket uh, this weekend. Just for a half a unit, I would really want to see 28, and I guess there were some 28s out there. I was sleeping at the wheel, missed those, but would need 28 flat in order to get involved for a full unit on the first half under, because I do like getting involved on that on that position. One of my favorite props every year was also discussed by Matt earlier, and we dove into this one a little bit, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but that's the yes on three consecutive scores. I'm currently seeing uh, minus 210 out there as I record this, and I consider that definitely a good go price. Consider this one good up to minus 220, we'll say. Uh, and to add on to what Matt and I already discussed earlier, you know, the typical public, you know, Joe Public better, he's going to see this prop and he's going to think, oh man, at plus 180 or plus 170, why would I not take the no? Both these teams score so often, but in reality, teams score three consecutive times all the time. And a good way of thinking about this as well is you're already one third the way there once any team scores. So in reality, you're just asking for two consecutive scores by that team after they score initially. So that could kind of help you get in the mindset and to figure out, or at least help understand why this happens a lot more often than the typical person thinks. And yes, you have to lay it, but with teams, these two teams with this type of offensive firepower, and obviously as Matt brought up, uh, you could also have a team that doesn't even need to get more than one defensive stop uh, in order to cash this prop, because you could have the team scoring at the end of the first half, getting the ball first at the start of the second half. So That's always one I look at playing, and I I really think that's a strong bet this year as well. I'm also on the second half to outscore the first half, which I discussed with Matt earlier. Uh, We also gave this out last year here on the Doggy Juice Podcast. It's also a bet that I make pretty much every single Super Bowl for the same reasons that Matt and I talked about earlier. Uh, Be sure to read the fine print on that one, but consider this one a go on the second half and overtime outscoring the first half at minus 140 or better. But, of course, shop around for the best price. And I will be going oppo of the Danimal on those Tyreek Hill props as they continue to rise and get inflated as that public money continues to come in. Obviously, Tyreek Hill went ham a few weeks ago against the Bucks. That's being priced in right now. Um, I'm seeing 94.5 on that one at, at FanDuel as I record this. Wouldn't be surprised to see this puppy tick up into the high 90s where I would consider it a full go. Um, of course, if it hits 100, that's going to be a, a really solid bet. And, and right at post, right before the game starts, I will certainly be looking to play a bunch of player props under uh, with some great market value. Usually when a lot of that public money comes in, books, some books are just forced to move up to attract more money on the under because of the sheer amount of overvalue. Um and just as a general concept, I've discussed this in previous pods and, and last week with Matt Landis on his episode, but it's, as a general principle, it's good, to, if you're looking to play overs, generally good to do so earlier in the week once props are released, and it's better to look at unders right before uh, kickoff in the game because all that public money comes in over the weekend. Usually, um, you know, 70, 80, even 90% of public money doesn't even start to trickle in on the Super Bowl until the weekend, and that makes sense. So, and obviously... The average public better is going to be looking to play overs. So it's not a totally fail-safe you know, way of viewing things. It's not, it's not just a black-and-white rule, I guess, so to speak. 
But as a general concept, it really does work every single year. So overs early, unders late, usually the best way to go. And as always, be sure to shop around for the best available price. I cannot stress this enough, especially on Super Bowl Sunday and, and the days leading up to the Super Bowl, with more legal sports betting options available than ever before, especially in certain states. As bettors, we have to always strive to get the best available price in whatever market we're looking to wager. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, 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 sir. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, at Doggy Juice. And if you've enjoyed listening to this, then please rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It doesn't take that long. really helps get the pod out there for more people like yourself who can benefit from it, whether you're interested in the latest updates in state-by-state sports betting and legalization, or if you just want to learn tips or learn new ideas on how to become a sharp sports better. Anything that helps spread the word would be much appreciated. Consider it um, just a gift to the Doggy Juice Pod by just leaving a quick review or at least rating the pod. Much appreciated. And head to dimers.com, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, for everything you need when throwing money down in the Super Bowl, including data-driven predictions, probabilities, picks, um, player props, the best sportsbook offers, promo codes for the game on Sunday. And if you think you can predict the outcome of Super Bowl 55, then head to freetoplay.dimers.com or click on free to play in the dimers.com navigation bar to enter for your chance to win $10,000 this weekend. Very exciting promotion going on this week. And there's a lot of questions in there, including the game, the outcome player props. Uh, There's some novelty markets there as well. So go to the freetoplay.dimers.com, enter that. And I really hope someone takes home that 10K this weekend. That's a lot to play for. And, of course, it's free to play. No risk at all. It takes 30 seconds to sign up. So just you're leaving money on the table potentially if you're not doing that. And it would be really cool if one of my listeners took home the bacon on that this weekend. I can feel it all the way down in my plums getting all swollen. I'll be back next week to discuss the aftermath of Super Sunday and be on the lookout because I will be bringing on the good lads over at the Top Class Finish Soccer Podcast very soon to break down the latest in the UEFA Champions League across the pond as the knockout rounds are just about to start. They're just around the corner, and casual fans here in America are going to be shifting their focus from American football to the world's football. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Remember, the money prints the same regardless if it's the Super Bowl or a Tuesday night action game, so bet accordingly. But good luck with your action. Have some fun with it. Bet responsibly, and I'll talk to you all next week. Go Bucks! Doggy Juice out. Out.